podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Oh, it's nice to be back in London. I've been away. I've been in a hurricane. I've been feeling very windy. Oh, no, it was very windy. Anyway, to help share the wind, it's only the wonderful, illustrious, cookie-cookie person himself, Chef Alan Bird. Thank you very much, Kerry. Pleasure to be back. It's lovely to have you. Have you been eating well over the summer period? Because you've been away for months. I have, yeah. I've been down in uh, Cornwall in Padstow. I'm cooking down there for the last three months, all, all throughout summer. It's been amazing. Oh, and tell me, you know, you cook really good food. Do you find it easy to resist eating it? Uh, yeah. You do? Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you'd rather go down the road and get a fish finger sandwich or something? It's, it's a bit like being in a sweet shop. When you're in the sweet shop all day, the last thing you want to do is eat sweets. So, okay. So, yeah. so what You taste you, it, and yeah. obviously you need to, to make sure it tastes good enough to serve. But you don't eat everything inside. Okay, so what Being would you eat? Of ours, would you not eat at the restaurant, or would you make yourself something completely different? Rarely, rarely. You ask any chef, they don't eat. They don't eat? No, they eat after they've finished work at terrible times, really late, and it's really bad for them. As oh. you're working in the fish restaurant, how do you Hold on, you the haven't smell even of fish? In- <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is interesting. Uh, parsley, parsley and lemon juice. Uh, okay, yeah. not vanilla? No. Oh. But it, oh, well, you can do. Oh, can so I tell you where I heard that? <laughs> yeah, you Jamie's, can roll yourself in Jamie's vanilla sugar. No, it weren't James Cookbook, actually. It was in Dawson's Creek, because that's how Dawson's dad used to wash the fish off his hands. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, and that, that. Oh. There's the laugh of the one and only. I tell you, this is a man who... Mitch on... Leary, his name was. <laughs> well, and this is Mr. Very Leary um, himself, uh, Gary Hayes, who has not actually left this room for weeks now. That's why he's on every week, because he's slipped a disc and hasn't been able to move from this room. He's actually on his knees, which feels kind of almost religious, you kneeling in front of me like kneeling this. Kneeling in front of you, Kerry. Uh, kiss Alan's ring, please. <laughs> if you pardon the expression. No, you see, you don't go for the basic... Oh, it's to, trying oh to I forgot. Myself. It's the cocodum on him, honest. It's making me do all weird things. I know, we'll put that back on. Thank you. And, uh, yeah. Yes, Gary is here, and I'm sure he'll have something to say at some point. Anyway, we're here. We're here to talk Chelsea. And, well, it's been a bit of a scratch-ahead week sort of uh, way Chelsea have been going on. I I suppose we should wind back the clock to uh, what was the last game that we had after your show it would be Roma in the Champions League which I hear all of you are going oh walk over yeah. you and Mr Andy Saunders see you can't have two geezers on the show <laughs> on their own running it go yeah easy pub side all that I'm sure um, you were all thinking it was going to be a walkover weren't you yeah Seb thought it'd be a walkover as well but um, yeah, well, Seb's you know I think he was he's following the crowd but it was just a good performance what a from terrible Roma, crowd it? to follow yeah, especially Andy <laughs> Um, oh, but, say that when he's not oh, here. Yeah, exactly. I've seen you at American football <laughs> having together, your football, yeah. <laughs> having your photos. Andy taken the tourist Saunders, uh, and with what, his half and half scarf. No, it wasn't really. It's just a cardinal <laughs> scarf. But let's say it was okay. Half um, and half, Andy. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I thought it would be. I thought it'd be a better performance because I thought after the Atletico game, they looked 
you know, a team solid for the Champions League and made for the Champions League. And I thought that it was a good opportunity to to get three points and really kill the group and then allow them to not so much take it easy, but play with less pressure in the next three games. But now they go to Roma next week, needing to, to get a result, whether it's a draw or a victory. But obviously, Atletico drawing with Carabag was a surprise. So it wasn't that bad a result, despite the performance. And what about you, Alan? I, I'm I'm sort of curious about the state of play at the moment at Chelsea because we did. It felt as though we had liftoff with the result at Madrid away, and then it suddenly looks as though that was actually a blip the other way. It was sort of a monumentally good performance, and now we're in a sort of a, a strange situation. But but the Roma game. I mean, I you know, I presume you saw it. Um, it was you know we went ahead. And then they went ahead and it felt very much like we couldn't get back in the game. That's expert analysis there. We went ahead <laughs> and then they went ahead. Yeah, but that, that's the truth of it. It no, was 1-0, yeah, then true. it became 1-0, yep. 2-0. It, it was kind of odd because once we got ahead, you you expect Chelsea to sort of knuckle down to it, but we Especially didn't. Especially at 2-0. Yeah. yeah. And, you but know, that's, been, that's been the story of our season, hasn't it? Yeah. So far, you know, yeah. we, we score a goal and you just, you think, we're going to build on this. Obviously, we don't want to concede. And then what do we do? We go and concede. Mm. And then we get one back and you feel a little bit relaxed again. And then you think, oh, this is a chance to build up on that. And then we concede again. And that was the story of the, the Roma game. But there, there's obviously something not quite right about the dressing room, whether it's the defence or whether it's the midfield or whether it's the lack of confidence. I know we're ever on, on the pitch, but... Obviously, it's a team game and you don't want to start picking individuals out like some people like to do on social media. We've all got to stick together and get behind the team. Sorry, I won't pick you out anymore, Gary. (laughs) (laughs) But I just think there's definitely something not quite right. And stories in the press um, today about, you know, the players texting um, Steve Holland um, because they're not happy with the training methods. And then another source of ours who's... uh, been on the podcast a few times um telling us that there's uh, some of the players complaining about the extra training sessions again so there's obviously something that's afoot there but i can't quite put my finger on it and um we'll have to see how we get on tonight well well let's hold that thought for a minute because we've just got to go to a commercial break the chels is back for the season by labbrooks bet five pounds get 20 pounds If you deposit £5, Labbrooks will add another £20 to your account. You can get this offer by following the link at bet.chelseapodcast.net. Right, we're back. See, I'm interested in all this. I I think there's a a whole load of... I've talked about this quite a bit, you know. from, From my point of view, the press is more disruptive than I think it's ever been. Um, I think the press... We've talked about this, Gary needs to and especially that type are you getting hairs out of your ear sorry i am yeah he, i'm trying to hear I, what I'm you're watching saying. What was that? gary hayes pulling hairs out of his ear but he's pulling them out to about a foot away from his they're head. that long they're so long and now he's trying to strangle the it. engineer i have it it's really quite unsavory i think it's the drugs yeah I, I think it's something i think my mate just, ed gave me some good h earlier i think it might quieten you down but um you know i think gary's always been like this but um, I think the press uh, are so much in an age where anything that's in print is two days old, news-wise. So there's a constant rehashing of ideas and thoughts and opinions. And 
I think, you know, we're in the, in the month. They have, everyone had a go at Chelsea in the first few weeks of the season. Then it became other stories, and then there were real crises going on elsewhere, um, which I think I'd, I'd like to talk about in a minute. But uh, now we've come back to Chelsea again, perhaps being in crisis because the players don't like the regime. They're missing the way that it was working before. That you know, Conte is really unhappy with the board, and he hasn't got enough players. For me, the one thing I think we have to say is last year. We didn't have any cup competitions. We didn't have the pressure of these things. And I know you'll say, Gary, in a minute, but actually we haven't played... We've played one game or two games it's more now it's two more games more than we did at this stage last season, which I don't think is that big a deal. Obviously, as the season goes on, it will be, because you've got another uh, three games in the Champions League to be playing before Christmas. Um, yeah. And if they win against Everton, then there's more in the, in the League Cup. But I think that you look at it and there, there are similarities what happened under Jose two years ago then if you go further back there were the the issues where when Ray Wilkins left there was apparently a disconnect between Ancelotti and the and the players and obviously Steve Holland in that Ray Wilkins role you could maybe point to that but I, I think I don't think there's one problem I think it's maybe just a few and I think looking at the, the players and all the rest of it that I think it's Conte you know I, I think after the, we'll, we'll talk about the victory against Watford but I think he did a good job there but I think he's maybe brought in too much change too quick and I think he's second guessing himself yeah and I, I would say there is one fundamental thing forget all the oh we didn't do very well in the transfer window well actually we spent nearly 200 million which was what was it the second highest amount in the premiership or whatever yeah then you look at the net yeah. spend which yeah, I know okay. Arsenal fans are going about but <laughs> if you look at that I think that's where you, it may be the 200 million nearly 200 million pound would be a bit misleading because what they sold but I think they did good business yeah we still bought which is what we I, I made this point last week they didn't get everything right but I think no. they got a lot of it yeah. right I, I would say we're two maybe three players light on the squad that's my initial thought from the beginning Absolutely, of the season yeah. and that hasn't changed agreed my main point is this season we are experiencing injuries like we never had last season absolutely yeah. and, and that's look, the biggest change I think I think that is the biggest change the one thing you could say about all the games we've we've lost is the midfield's not been right yet. Yep. You know, Bakayoko, bless him, up until that song, he never seems <laughs> to give the ball away. Well, he kind of <laughs> does quite regularly. Um, but to lose Kante as your guiding light in any midfield is virtually play. untenable. So I, for me, everything comes down to injuries, but mainly I don't think our defence is bad. And I don't think our attack is I, 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 think I, think that I think it's the midfield. T- talking of being low on players, I think they're only one, low on one player for where Chelsea should be now. I think you know, as, as the, this team progresses together, they want to add a bit more depth gradually rather than doing it all at once. Because I think it is a process. But I think outside of one extra striker, you look at that squad and they signed an injured Danny Drinkwater. So had he not been injured, that midfield would be bolstered a lot more. And I, f- I think that the squad overall is healthy, aside from not having three strikers, because Batshuayi is so hot and cold and unpredictable that you can't afford to you know rely on him when uh, Morata's injured or you know when he has a bad a bad game like he did against Watford. I know Batshuayi scored scored twice there, but yeah, I think just it's the striker position that is the biggest concern. But I think outside of that, and when Drinkwater's fit, you know when Kante's fit, because you know. Regardless of how many players Chelsea would have signed in the summer, you could they couldn't get over having two central midfielders injured so early on in the campaign. I know they signed Drinkwater 
injured. And maybe the, the mistake was signing him so late when he had to he'd been doing his recovery at Leicester and he came and did it at Chelsea where he was fit when he when he signed because he was on the bench against Leicester. But then he picked up an injury on the back of that. So it's, it's just not so much bad luck, but it's just bad timing. Yeah. Yeah. So midfield woes. Um, yeah, I, I think I think it's true. I think midfield has been the problem. You know, if you look at the Roma game, they ended up once they cleared their heads. Roma, they suddenly realised there was room to step into. You know, I, I think Fabregas is a fantastic player, but I feel really sorry for him when he's having to try and sit in front of the back. Well, and he's yeah, being he's judged. Not a, he's not a naturally defensive midfielder. No, and he's being judged on that, which is. Fine at one point to say that he shouldn't be in there, but don't criticise him for being in there because, like we spoke earlier on the week about Kerry, he's sort of like saying that you know Courtois doesn't score enough goals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah well, he doesn't. I mean, he, <laughs> he missed that penalty. <laughs> what a mark! Yeah, but really. do you know what I mean, it's like you know you're criticising a player for playing a position that isn't his position, and you know he's never played that in his life, and he's being asked to do it. So yeah, it is you know square big round holes, yeah. and you know. Th- so there are those shortages in in the squad, and or at least right now because of the injuries. But then in a couple of weeks, when when Drinkwater's fit, when Kante's back, suddenly that team looks strong again. And uh, you know the point um, that was made at the weekend, which I know we're going off the point slightly from Roma, but just the overall picture at Chelsea now is that um, yeah, you know, Alan, Alan Parry made the point in commentary. And he said, "Oh, look at the Chelsea bench; it doesn't exactly scare you." Because and he listed off um, Kyle Scott, Andreas Christensen, and Charlie Musonda. I was like, well, come on, how do you want to criticise Chelsea these days? Because at one minute, they're not spending enough money. And then when they spend all this money and buy players for 50, 60, 70 million, it's because they're they're blocking the the pathway for the youth team players. And then when they're putting youth team players on the bench, whether it's by design or not, those youth team players on the bench, they're criticised for not having a strong bench. And football management and running a football club isn't about that. And that's why football fans don't run clubs, because there is this big, you know, storm on 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 social media and you know across the rest of it that oh why isn't Ake getting a chance why isn't Christensen getting a chance but then when they do people complain oh why don't we sign Mats Hummels this summer and spend 70 million on him or you know if Musonda gets a game it's like oh but then why don't we go in for Alexis Sanchez for 60 million why haven't we spent money here it's like well how do you want it they've got to be bloody don't they they've got to and they've I, got and to play those big games yeah. or get the chance to play in those games to make the mistakes to learn from yeah and, and, and if you get, can't you can't accept that then you shouldn't be following the club yeah and, and don't get me wrong i'm not coming at it from a naive perspective and believing that you know especially kyle scott is on the bench because conte values him and wants him on there but at the same time look at the positive side of it and it's it's moments like this where youth team players get their opportunities you know you just look at marcus rashford when he got his opportunity in the Europa League, he was, he was meant to be on the bench in that game. And then and he was only on the bench, he had no players. And then I forget who got injured in the warm-up. So he started the game. And something Andy always says, take your opportunity. And he took it. And now he's Marcus Rashford, the next big thing in English football. And that's how it comes about. And if these players are on the bench waiting for a sniff and they get an opportunity, then great. Because you, you look at it, Christensen has benefited so much from the you know the problems at Chelsea this year. You know, Cahill got sent off in the opening game of the season, so that meant Christensen not only came off the bench against Burnley, but he, he was in the lineup against you know um, Spurs at Wembley. Had an amazing game. He's played other games when David Luiz has been suspended, and he's really benefited from Absolutely, it. Absolutely, yeah. And he looks now a bona fide star in that Chelsea side that if he comes in... There's not a panic that you know David Luiz or Gary Cahill or Aspilicueta isn't there. Agreed. What I think is interesting about someone like Christiansen is <clears throat> he's played quite a few games this season, but he still gets dropped out of the side uh, and makes way. And I think that's really important in the development of young players. You know, 
it happens with all the big yeah. players who go on to be big players who are young players getting in the sides early. They have a run and then the manager pulls them out and says, yeah. you're not playing this one on the next one, maybe three. Then we'll Happened see. Harry Kane. It's how you have to handle it because there is a, there's so much probably they learn through a game that they need to almost go away and then assimilate all the information. Yeah. He hasn't let us down, Christensen. No, he hasn't. He's excellent. Yeah, no. yeah. You know, and to talk about young players like that, the, the best example in, in English football is Kane, where... Um, Soldado, don't rate, don't rate yeah, him. Rubbish. Rubbish. But um, Soldado <laughs> was struggling in that Spurs side, and Kane was coming in and playing the Europa League games and scoring goals. And I, I just remember Pochettino being asked, why aren't you starting him? And he complained and said, you only want him to start because he's English. But then it got to the point where Soldado was so bad that he just had to play Kane. But he, he develops him well. He, he, like you say, in and out, in and out. You know, he, he gave him opportunities, then pulled him a little bit. You know, gave him time to recover, gave him time to assess his performances, work on it. And now look at him. He's one of the best strikers in the world, if not the best striker in the Premier League. You know, and I think that's the way Chelsea need to manage their youngsters. But Christensen obviously being the standout. But then, you know, you look at it that Musonda's probably going to play against Everton this evening. And they're the sort of games that he should be playing and taking his opportunities. I mean, okay, yeah, it's an interesting point, Musonda. Um, I don't know if you saw the other week, he was having a bit of a, a moan and a bitch about... I did see, yeah, or I read. I mean, for me, how do you feel about it? Because for me, I think you're ungrateful little so-and-so. You're in the squad. But that's, that's, that's the game today, though, isn't it? Everyone's on social media and, you know, those players need to, they need to get a slap on the wrist. They need to be told off, you know, not to be voicing their, you know, concerns or you know dis- dislike of not being in the side they've got they've got to learn that it's all part and parcel of the game so knock they've on got the manager's to... door have your yeah, words exactly. with him Don't that's have what we would have done the old days but hundreds of thousands of people on social media and cause even more of a storm around chelsea but yeah the one thing i'd say about musonda is that um which is why I think it's encouraging Chelsea haven't signed an extra attacker. You know, don't get me wrong. If Chelsea could go out and sign a Sanchez in January or they, they signed him in um, the summer, if they'd been able to do that, it would have been an incredible you know, season having Willian, Sanchez, Hazard and Pedro. But if the substitute for that is the fact that they get Musonda and then he plays in games like tonight, if, if he doesn't play tonight, I think he's got a right to complain. Not because he's got a divine right to be starting for Chelsea, but it's a case of these are the games that he needs to play to learn to how to play, you know, in, yeah. in the first team and yeah. deal with the, you know, the capacity crowd, you know, under the TV camera spotlight, all the rest of it. So if he doesn't play tonight, he's got a right to feel aggrieved, but he can't expect to start up ahead of William, Pedro and Hazard, players who won the Premier League last season. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I think, you know, that, that's all I'm trying to say is, Everybody keeps clamouring for the young players have to have a go. You must get them in. It doesn't Only if happen. they're good enough. No, but then also exactly. they want and the club to spend £100 million on a player who's going to get in ahead of that young player. Yeah, exactly. It's about finding a balance. And I'm not saying yeah. Chelsea get it right all the time. No. But whether it's by design or not, I think this season, not necessarily in the here and now, but moving forward, if those players get enough time, it could be an encouraging development. Yeah, they, yeah. Those young players could be the player that another club wants to you know spend... 50 million on to, to get, you know, prize them out of our hands. Yeah, let's, well, let's develop those players. It's the thing is that, you know, as well, um, this is an old issue, but just to make the point, to stress the point on it, is that um, after Chelsea lost to City, you know, the stick that's used to beat Chelsea all the time is the burner. Of course Then you look and you think, okay, but Chelsea sold him for 18 million. It was good business, right? Because ahead of him at the time was Oscar, Scherler, Hazard and Willian. And the fact that Chelsea had too much talent in that area is the reason why he didn't get games. Now suddenly Chelsea don't have talent in that area, you know, overloaded. 
it's an easy Musonda target, can, isn't it? Musonda so, can yeah. get games in the way that the Bruna didn't. So I think if Conte manages it right, it's a good thing. Obviously, time will tell, but it's just you can't have everything. And you can't have everything at this one time. This isn't championship manager. Exactly. You know, it, what? Sorry, football not? manager. Sorry, football oh, manager. Right, okay. <laughs> Clearly off brand and off message. <laughs> That'll be the code code of all. But, um, you know, I, mean, I, I, th- I think, you know, everyone has to realise football is a very immediate game. And sometimes people like De Bruyne will come through and you go, oh, I really wish we'd, we, we'd seen him at our place for more time. But it doesn't happen. Timing is everything, you know. And the timing for De Bruyne was not right. He was apparently having problems. We moved him on for a healthy old price, and that's it. Sometimes players come back to haunt you. That's that's just what happens in He's football. moved on, we should you know, move on. Exactly, you know. And we have to realise that nothing's ever perfect. Well, apart from your hair today, Gary. Um, not one Eddie, hair out of place. Well, only the ones in your ears. <laughs> and on They're that gone. note, we're going to go to a commercial advert about ear tweezers. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. <laughs> that was the sound of Gary Hayes plucking. Oh, and another one goes. Uh, welcome back. We're here with Gary the Plucker Hayes and uh, Mr. Alan. Mm, cook me up some dinner, bird. Um, and we're going to talk. Uh, so what did we learn about Roma? Did we learn anything or is it just one of those games we kind of got out of jail, we worked our way through yeah. it, and we showed that we've got tenacity. I think they're a good side, and it's the point that... They're we, an okay side, to it, be Well, fair. it's a point that we made earlier on this season about the Champions League group, is that it's very much a bit you know, like the 2012 season, where um, 2012-13, where we had uh, Juventus and Shakhtar. I think in this you know, group, you'd say that Roma are the Shakhtar equivalent, a team that Chelsea should be beating, but obviously it's a bit of a surprise package. And then obviously, you know, uh, Atletico being Juventus, but they played well, Roma. But at the same time, people were looking at possession and stats such as that. I just think they're useless against Chelsea. It's like Chelsea don't play for possession. That's not their game. So you can talk about a team having a certain amount of territory and a certain amount of the ball. Chelsea, when they attacked and they turned over, those transitions worked really well. And that's how they scored the first two goals. Where they let themselves down was in midfield, which is a problem because... And it goes back to the City game where you see Otamendi has got so much time on the ball to pass it out to De Bruyne who runs on and scores. And then the goal from Dzeko, absolutely incredible volley. Mm. You know, and uh, I think it was Fasio, he just completely <coughs> threw it on the halfway line to launch it over. Three players, no, one's, you know, no, no, one, no, no one knows who to press. Yeah. Fasio and, did more in that game than he did in his 300 years at Tottenham, didn't he? <laughs> he actually was a good player, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did. Actually, the, cur- the curse of Spurs. Yes, it was. Indeed. Go to White Hart Lane and you become rubbish. Yeah, look at Harry Kane. <laughs> look at uh, our producer. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the Watford game? No, we're not ready for oh, that. Right, okay. What happened on the Thursday and the Friday? <laughs> no, we are going to talk about the Watford game. Um, Watford, well, it was another interesting game. It was. I, I got back for that one. Um, and how did you view it? Um, very frustrating first half. Uh, and a much more pleasant second half. But again, going as we goal said, up. yep, going to go up. Think, ah, oh, we can we can score a few. We can improve our goal average, but didn't happen. You know, Watford again had that sort of same tenacity they did against Arsenal, um, and they proved you know a worthy side. Yeah, I I, th- I thought Watford showed exactly why they were fourth for a short while, and why they'll end up about ninth. 
or yeah, tenth because, because they they can't last the ninety minutes consistently. No, but they've but, got a good manager. Yeah, yeah I like him a lot. Yeah. It's interesting because it was almost Roma Mark Two, where Chelsea go ahead and then uh, Decore gets that goal right on last kick. And I'm not, you know, player blaming, but it just really annoys me that Courtois just didn't come out and take ownership of that long throw in the box. It's on the edge of the six-yard box. What was their defence on that day? But he, he should have been. Place, weren't they? In that situation yeah. on the throw-in, it's the goalkeeper's responsibility to clear the players out. They were sitting too deep. I know it was a throw, and you can't be offside from a throw, but it's almost a, a cross because. The way you know where the, um, the the throw was coming from, he should have pushed the players out so they weren't so deep, and he should have cleared that out, and that should have been his ball to clear. He didn't, obviously, the goal went in, but you see that, and it's just these little errors that are creeping into the game. But then, um, like I said, the defence that they nearly got found out by um, Richarlison when he should have scored. Yeah. Oh yeah, and sure. he, you know, he they... creeped in on the back of Aspilicueta, and then you know, a minute later they don't learn their lesson and, and they go up the other end and score, you know, straight away. Yeah, incredible. I just thought that when there were set pieces and corners and stuff, I was looking and looking at all of the players in defence and wondering who was sort of, you know, telling who to do what or, you know, shouting to look that after that player. There, isn't, that there isn't a commanding voice Yeah, there the doesn't back. seem to be that, you know, not trying to dig anyone out, but but there needs to be that voice. And yeah. Are we saying Gary may be a little quiet? Yeah, but... Because that's well, the thing. It doesn't have to be Gary every time, does it? You, Just you because he's captain, it ten, doesn't mean that he's the one. captains on that pitch. Yeah, that's what you need. You need well, players. But John Terry, obviously, was unique in the way that he played. And that was because he was John Terry and so commanding and everyone had the respect for him. Whereas I think Cahill, maybe the captaincy doesn't rest as comfortably on his shoulders. Not that's a criticism of him, but I just think that maybe he's not the type of character that is going to champion it in the way JT did. Again, it doesn't make him a bad captain. But I think that no one's taking ownership of anything that's at the exactly what and that's saying. what I mean about Courtois he should be looking at his role and thinking I need to clear this defence out because that goal came about because it was so congested in the six yard box Rudiger gets pulled down by one of their players and the goal goes in at the near post because Courtois sees it's so late yeah. and the reason he sees it so late is because he hasn't cleared those players out yeah. and then the, you know, the, the second goal comes about because there's no you know, commanding voice at the back there isn't and that is you know, last week I went on about you know, took comparing the 07-08 team with the 17-18 team now and the key thing to that is that you look at that 07-08 team it was captains all over the pitch Czech a captain for the Czech Republic JT captain for England Balak captain for um, Germany Jogba captain for Ivory Coast Essien captain for Ghana Lampard vice captain for England vice captain for Chelsea there was big characters and big figures Absolutely. everywhere but yeah. I think it's just symptomatic <clears throat> of where Chelsea are right now that I think winning the league you know, it's a point I make all the time inflated the expectations of the club and where we are right now. And as this transition goes, if they make the right decisions, they need to bring those sort of characters in there to stabilise it. I think I think that's very true. I th- you were going to say something uh, there. Yeah, I just think that the other thing that I find really annoying is that other teams have worked out that we like to play the ball out from the back, but we don't seem to have a plan B. It's, the, you know, Courtois looking at the players, the players are looking at him, you know, Who's going to take the ball from me? Well, they're already being closed down, so already we're under pressure. Lump it up there, but who's well, going to be on the end of it? Well, what happens? That needs to be. Yeah, there needs to be more than just playing it out from the back. Exactly, and, because it, and that's it, what everyone does. They just close us down. And it's interesting how many other teams do this now well, as well. We're winning but, the ball inside the Chelsea final third when Chelsea were trying to play it out because it, they'd get stuck and Courtois would end up launching it, and then it would just go to a Watford shirt. 
Yeah. Well, that's that's also the problem is they could have launched it in the first place, but it could have been further forward. Yeah. Once you realise a team is going to come up and sit with your two fullbacks and be in the middle of the park, what's so your contingency plan? Absolutely. You've got to then you've got to lump it. You know, we've seemed to have lost that habit of knocking it out wide to say Marcus Alonso in the kind of way that we used to with Ivanovic. You know, and that's that's kind of a an annoyance. I think you're right. And again. That surely has to be down to Courtois to say, this isn't working. Yeah. I'm going to have to change the way this is going to be got out of this area. And I, I, think, it, I think it is a real issue. So, you know, um, I think we've been a little bit short on going to alternative plans when we've been found out in certain areas of the park recently. Um, Conte, well, it's interesting. You, you read some of the, the comments and things and some of the reviews. They took basically... Um, talk about the fact that Conte won that game for Chelsea with his tactical genius and tactical yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think he did. I that, think that's he probably I did. After, is that <clears throat> yeah. With the players performing the way they are, they, they are struggling for form. And I think by hook or by crook, he showed leadership from the, from the dugout that um, he changed it a couple of times. Um, inspired substitutions. You know, William and Batshuayi both had a, a positive impact on the game. Obviously, Batshuayi even more so in the fact that he scored two goals. Are they inspired though because they are the normal substitutions? No, no. But Is it just they it's, came it's the, right? The, the time that he did it. Yeah. They the were a little earlier it. than normal. Yeah, it, that was the frustrating thing about City is that he Too changed late. it in the, the 72nd minute. Whereas, I don't know when Batshuayi came on, but it was about 58 minutes, something yeah, like that. And it's quite early. Morata did have a probably his worst game in a Chelsea shirt. He, well, he's not fit, is he? No. Yeah, but, and he seems to be going down looking for all these... Free, it was, it was Dros, uh, Drogba S Drogba, from yeah. 2004. Absolutely. 2005. Yeah. It's a classic case of striker is injured and yeah. he's trying to get all the sympathy he can True. and he's looking for stuff. He's, you know, bless him. So he shouldn't yeah, be playing. So, yeah, he, he, had, he had a bad game. But then, this is the point I made last week when um, we were chatting about, you know, Batshuayi and, and Andy asked, what would you do with him? And I said, I wouldn't start him. And it was for this reason, because... He's so much better coming off the yeah, bench. Yeah, he's a super sub, isn't he? Well, it? he's grumpy and miserable and wants to get on yeah, and prove but something. but also as well, I think that he, he doesn't... He, he's not experienced and he, he doesn't have the nous to work out how to break down a defence early on in the game. And once they get on top of him, then he gets on top of himself. Whereas yeah. I think that Morata had a bad game, but I think he had done enough running that Batshuayi could slot in. And then you see that, that you know the first goal, it was a carbon copy of Morata's against Burnley the way he gets in front of the defender and it's almost like he's been working on it in training. Yeah. I mean, that's quite, been some of the criticism, isn't it? Yeah, Point it was the sort of run that he wasn't making against Palace. Did yeah. you see that brilliant uh, series of tweets on um, on Twitter from Batshuayi? Yeah. Where yeah. that guy... <laughs> oh, I'm going to eat my own <laughs> shit. Bon appétit. Bon appétit. <laughs> well brilliant. done, Mitch. If only he was as smooth on the pitch. <laughs> but I, I think there's a lot of potential there, but... The issue with him is that he is still very much raw and we paid £32 million for a player that is far from the finished product for and you could have been yeah. using Dom Solanke in the same role or Tammy Abraham. Abraham. Yeah, well, Obviously, yeah. that's another you know, talking point altogether, but at the same time, that, that's what I mean about we are one player short and I think it is you know, and it's drastic with, with the strikers because... But you wouldn't bring Abraham back. No, no, no. That, that'd be so. That'd be so short-sighted. Yeah. But um, now he's getting a run again. I just think that they do need an established name because it's not necessarily a starter to compete with Morata, but a player who can come in and you can rotate Morata, like a Claudio Pizarro. <laughs> <laughs> Can't imagine. No, but um, 
I just think, you know, Sanchez. Someone like Sanchez. Well, Alexis Sanchez. Yeah. I think he'd be an incredible player for Chelsea. Uh, isn't it time you started coming up with a boy, Jack well, Wilshere and, 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 time? Yeah, we've got gaps in midfield. Jack Wilshere, you know, come on. <laughs> but, um, but, but in all seriousness, you know, you, you look at it, come January, um, a player like him, he's not in the Champions League, so he's not going to be cup-tied. He's six months left in his contract. You're going to pay more for him, of, you know, you're going to pay over the odds for him for what you should for a player with six months left. But... Bringing a player like him would just rejuvenate that attack because you'd have so much more to offer and so much more competition and you'd have the power to rotate at you know big times in the season where you can't rely on Batshuayi to start matches but you can rely on you know Sanchez to maybe play inside forward or play as, as the, the lone front man because this experiment of using Hazard as the false nine just... It's never worked, and managers need to get over the fact it's not going to work. It's not. He's not. He's not like a Messi who'll just. He he needs. If if you watch, it's really interesting. He changes as a player when you see him playing with Morata. Yeah, he does. Mm. He's not aggressive enough to be that front no, player. But he he uses Morata in a way that he doesn't with any other player. Because yeah. he knows he can about, play off him. He knows he can get close to him and will yeah. get the ball given to him and he'll have pulled the player out of position. And, he'll and, have, and the perfect him. example of that was Atletico. Yeah. But it hasn't quite come off since then. But oh, I think, yeah, but I, I just think that with him as well, we've got to remember that he's had that ankle injury. He's still, he'll be, he'll be blowing hot and cold for a little while because he's still yeah. trying to find that form. He had no pre-season. But I think that, you know, that, that is the concern with, with Chelsea in that, you're relying on an inexperienced striker to carry the team when Morata can't. And yeah, if you look to a player agree. like Sanchez in January, I think that it would be the sort of signing that would really bolster that side. And it's not a signing that would stop the development of other players Arsenal will not either. sell him to us. No. Oh, no, I'm not no saying they would. I'm, no, I'm just talking I mean, about if it was the other world. way round, we'd probably sell him to him. In an ideal world. Right. But then at the, same nice time, like that. Yeah. at the same time, if Chelsea offered stupid money, they might. Because they might think about what that investment could do. Yeah, I don't think they will. I don't think that's but, how but I think that's think? what Chelsea's priority has think... to be in, in January. Another striker, but a proven striker. Uh, you know, don't get me wrong, I'd love to see Sanchez at Chelsea, but I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they're going to sell to a direct rival. Anyone you want in January? Somebody can score goals. Okay. Well, we'll we'll see if he's out there. Yeah. But um, Chris Sutton. Chris Sutton. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't even start me on that. I, you know, really. You know, how does he end up on my television now? Mm. You know, what is it about TV? Can I just ask TV why are you putting so many rubbish ex-footballers on TV? I mean, it's bad enough when Garth Crooks was on. You're now he's on, just like, he? yeah, but he's a disembodied voice most of the time. You know, it's sort of ethereal Garth. <laughs> but the, then you get Robbie Savage. How is that man on any football program that is happening? Plus every podcast. He's not I think they funny. like the fact that he um, he upsets people, so it makes it... Oh, he's done that. Yeah. <laughs> he's very good at that. He's more there for being turgid than he is for being talented. But he's just rubbish. Anyway, that's that over. So, OK, we should go to tonight quickly. Um, Everton. Well, you know... Shambles. Uh, well, it's a shambles for, for Everton, isn't it? You know, I mean... Good Lord, I wonder if they got the programmes printed in time before they sacked him. I mean, that'd be an interesting thing, because they've probably got a big smiley face of Ronald Koeman in the middle. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, are we nervous about such things as teams with a new manager coming in, stepping into the breach, and everyone thinks they're rubbish? It's only the Carabao Cup. Yeah, it's the Carabao Cup. But yeah, but it, all they're the going to be able to impress the manager, the, aren't they? Okay, all the big sides are going through, but... Chelsea went out of this stage last year against West Ham. It wasn't a travesty at all. It was probably a benefit to the season. And 
you look at the problems Chelsea have got, I'm not saying they throw the game, but if they lose, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. What I'd like to see out of anything, though, is that I was chatting to one of my friends coming here, and he said, oh, I hope he makes all the changes. But I thought, no, I'd rather see him start a strong side so they can start getting some rhythm. Because I agree. You, you look at what happened against Watford and Roma, and then you know further back with City and Palace, they just, they just can't get out of rhythm. And you're seeing the changes, which have been you know driven by injury, and maybe the manager questioning himself that... They're doing a three-five-two and then a three-four-three, and that you know we're not playing with two inside forwards at the moment, and then it's changing. And I think that it's just stunted the development of the team. So I think that they want to play the strongest team they can, but he could look at it in a different way and say, you know, he doesn't want to get anyone else injured and give him a chance. I think to if you look at the rest. key players, that I think you give Morata a bit of time to get match fitness, um, and then obviously Batshuayi for a bit of confidence, but then you know start Willian and. I hear Drinkwater's going to feature tonight. I hear Drinkwater might feature tonight. Really? I yeah. thought he was still injured, but it'd be interesting yeah. if he does because that'll be a major boost. Not, yeah. Not because he's a... Just to try and get back to fitness yeah. again. Well, exactly. have a player who understands the Premier League who can... And, you know, look, it's really interesting. Bakayoko is this week's getting a coating from the fans on social media. You know, this is a guy who a month ago... Couldn't do anything wrong loving, yeah. You know, but you could see the flaws a month ago. The guy's learning the game over here. He's young. He's inexperienced. He dawdles with the ball too much. He gets caught with the ball and he's not totally aware all the time. But you can see that there is a makings of a very decent player. And, you know, I, I can I can see that, you know, we just in the way that Christensen has been taken out of the side, Bakioko needs to have a little sit down for a bit. If drink water is coming back. That would be fantastic for him. I mean, what's your views on Bakayoko? I think he's a fantastic player. Great potential. He's brilliant when he plays with Kante. Um, I can't wait to see more of him. Disappointed he still hasn't dyed his hair blue when he promised he would when he scored his first Premier League goal. <laughs> but, Did he? Yeah. Have you tweeted him? Uh, no, I haven't, but maybe I should. Yeah, I think you um, should because he, he will follow you, I'm oh, sure. probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in, in all seriousness, it's the point I've made. I think he's in the same stage of his career as what SEM was, same similar age when we signed him in 2006, I think it was. Um, you know, plays a similar style, but it took SEN a, a season, you know, to, to really develop into, into SEN. And I think it takes he's got, a lot of players, doesn't yeah, it? I think he's everyone, you know, got, God. got to remember that he's 23 years old, but you, I watch him play. I love watching him play. He's still frustrating, but I just love the physicality, you know, yeah. the way he gets the ball. And he, he just, re- he's a throwback midfielder to what Chelsea were used to buying. You know, yeah. before we started trying to buy these more diminutive types and we've gone back to, to our roots as such and yeah, I think that in men. time to come... I, I like him, he's very direct and, and you know, I thought Jesus fair, gave the ball away a few too many times. Yeah, and to be fair, he actually made um, Batchwise goal, the fourth goal, didn't he, against Watford? Because he, yeah. he added it... But if you look at him, he knows where he's heading it to. Yeah. He's aware. So, you know, I'm sure it'll come good. He sweats a lot as well, doesn't he? I, I don't, yeah, well, I haven't really noticed things yeah, like I'm that. Sure that's whether he's just Are you got, writing a piece on, on the perspiration? Sweat, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know whether he's got overactive sweat glands or whether he works that hard. <laughs> right. I'm hoping it's the latter. Yeah, well, let's. let's oh, I'm glad so. to hear he's sweating. Hey, good old Gary. He's always got a different. Oh, this is so why. He's that's the why he's on it. That's why he's on it. He's, he's watching right. you sweat. He is. He's, he's right. I'm watching him do some very strange exercises. I was trying that, to get back on my knees actually, but it's too painful. Okay, I, I thought it was a strange pelvic thrust that you were doing and I was getting quite unnerved Gary is having to stand because of his slipped disc um, sadly um, but it does mean we have to face 
groinal thrusts from Gary in our direction. It does feel like he needs to go off to the loo, doesn't it? It, it does look as though he may... <laughs> I'm writhing in agony here as well, actually. Oh, sorry, we really, don't mean to it take... It does really hurt. Take the mickey, sir. And then this weekend, who have we got this weekend? We have Bournemouth. Away. Yes. Isn't it? I thought it was at home. Is it at home? No, it's away. It's away. Oh, is it away? Yeah, it is oh, indeed. Cool. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I'll meet you outside the ground. <laughs> yeah, outside the Aussie statue, right? <laughs> right, outside. Five to three. Yeah, no worries. All right, man. But, um, that's an interesting one. You know, again, you know, Nathan Ake there, uh, who everyone said we should never have sold, he's not been having the best of seasons. Um, he, he was sold, though, for the reason that Christensen was coming back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was being replaced. Yeah, and Chelsea got the better, better player. Yeah, it's true. I think it's true, you know. But Bournemouth, it's a small ground, big atmosphere. Could it be a tricky game for us there? No. No, I don't like it when you're so... Every game's a potential banana skin at the moment. They gave us a tricky game when they first came up and they won 1-0 at Stamford Bridge. I think it was um, Glenn Murray scored um, when it was the beginning of the end for Jose. I don't know, maybe it could be the beginning of the end for... Uh, Conte can it but I doubt it I think that when we play them we're too strong and we're too good on the ball for them to contain us and you know you saw that even in that appalling season when we finished 10th you know we went there we won 4-0 was it and it was a Hazard and Sesk show and I think in those games they do get the time to express themselves because Bournemouth I know they, they had a performance against Spurs where they really dug in and I think they only lost 1-0 but I think at home they they like to go at teams a bit more, and when Chelsea play this counter attacking style, I think they just pick them off. But I think that he needs to play with three attackers, not not two, because I think they need that extra man to to really push them back. Yeah, I think I think you're right, and um, you know, I, Bournemouth. It's it, I love the idea of Bournemouth being in the Premier League. It's, it's I like Eddie Howe. I think he's a good manager. Yeah, I think he's done a pretty decent potential job. England manager of the future. Yeah, you know, but um, well, I suppose. What are your hopes for this week? The, the, what could come out of this week? No more injuries. Yep. Um, we don't make any more stupid mistakes. Um, our fans don't rip the people who make mistakes apart on social media. Um, and that we get a chance to take some half-fit players to Roma to try and you know turn that tie around. Yeah, yeah. That, that is the... In the next week, that's the a bigger one is the that's big a one. bigger concern for yeah. me than the Premiership. To be yeah. well, luckily the headlines just... are being written as well because it's on Halloween, isn't it? So it could be a oh, fright fest. Go. Oh <laughs> yeah, fright fest. <laughs> and actually, you know, we don't like Roma, do we? The way they treated Rudiger, Thought no, that was actually, yeah, that's absolutely appalling. Bang out you know, I mean, it... the one thing I'd say about that is people say, oh, "How could you do that to your former players?" Like, well, no, how could you do it to any player? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If it was a former player, yeah, or not. exactly. Yeah, there you go. You know. Um, I suppose you talked about Enia Luca last week, did you? Uh, very briefly, I think. Yeah. Uh, I know Dan's released a piece today about it as Oh, is well. he? Yeah. So yeah. seek that out. I think it was on Eurosport. Well, Dan Levine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I will. Um, yeah, I'd just like to add my uh, well done and heartfelt thumbs up to Eni for sticking it to them, really. Mm. Um, I just hope that it does, you know, elicit major change in the FA because I think it's necessary the incompetence of the FA just knows no bounds but it's interesting we're in a time where there's an awful lot of things going on a lot of people getting called out and I hope that this doesn't get lost underneath everything because I think there's people there who need to have a genuinely hard look at themselves and then sod off out the front door Mm. probably the back door no front door they can have eggs thrown at them Um, (laughs) but okay well we're just about out of time so I think we should really 
have prediction time and we don't have the same if somebody else says it. Don't listen to Andy. Oh, no, I didn't. Knows I about didn't. And can I say, this is Plastic Wednesday because Andy's not going to the game tonight. Alan? I can't get there. I can't get there. Gary? I'm too sick. <laughs> I'm the only one. The real non-plastic <laughs> fan oh, back dear, in the country. <laughs> Who are you going with? I'm on my own. Oh, really? <laughs> Billy, no, mate. loser. <laughs> <laughs> well, I came down to do this. Yeah, so. Could have offered me yeah. a ticket. <laughs> I'm, I'm meeting my friend John. Oh, yeah, John. Wimpy. You haven't yeah. met Wimpy, have you? Oh, all right, he's a Villa fan, but he's oh, come he? to Chelsea Views. And luckily he doesn't listen to this programme, so he'll never hear that impression of him. <laughs> pretty, pretty good. So I'm uh, going to go um, 3-1 to Chelsea against Everton. Okay. I was going to go 3-2, and I'm sticking to 3-2. I think really it's going to be a lot of goals. I'm going to go, I'm gonna go 7-6 on penalties <laughs> after 0-0. <nil, nil. laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll be gone. Well. I'll tell you. Remember, if it goes to penalties, it's the ABBA format now. It's the oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah the winner right. takes it all, dancing queen. Um, now I'm gonna, I couldn't bear the thought of penalties, so I'm not going to bring it into my life. Uh, I'm going to go two nil Chelsea, uh, and then finally Bournemouth, oh. three nil to Chelsea. Uh, I reckon and it's it going to be two nil. Go first if you want three two nil, nil, you can take no, it. two nil. Okay. Two nil. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go five one Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like your optimism uh, I've missed your chuckle <laughs> and on that lovely sort of sound like rolling waves of laughter from Mr Alan Bird we bid you good night and thank you Alan thank you Gary you're welcome up the blues up the blues this is a playback media production get all the associated links for this podcast at chelseapodcast.net the Chelsea is backed for the season by Ladbrooks if you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM and others and when budgeting for software spend. To to reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. Sports Social Podcast Network.